The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 286, Should You Try a No-Spend Challenge? Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Hey, welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about whether or not you should do a no-spend challenge. Should you? Should you not? You'll know by the end of this episode. Yeah. (laughs) But in all honesty, there are a lot of ways to do a no-spend challenge wrong. And if you are doing them for the wrong reasons, it won't be as successful as we know it can be. And we want you to know the ways to do it wrong when you treat it, essentially when you treat it like a diet. And so, Mm. yeah, we are going to go through all of that, kind of the benefits and dangers, some of the arguments against it, so that you know how to do it right. We love looking at both sides. We love diving into the hot takes. We love it when someone's got pushback Mm -hmm. and we we can push right back. Mm -hmm. We're not afraid to push back gently and without any malice but through words. So yeah, that's what we're talking about today. But first, our sponsor, giving it a try. Because you should always try everything at least once, or most things. Wink, wink. Giving it a try, whether scary, overwhelming, disgusting, out of your comfort zone, slightly illegal. Give it a try. No. And speaking of, you can give our new YouTube series a try. It's a whole bunch of debt-free stories from listeners like you all on video, super fun, over on Frugal Friends Podcast YouTube channel. Yeah, we got a YouTube channel. Give it a try. You won't be disappointed, and it's not illegal or disgusting. Okay, don't do anything illegal. I said slightly illegal. Or unethical. We don't promote saving strategies that are illegal or unethical, (laughs) but we do promote sharing debt-free stories YouTube.com slash frugal friends. We've already got a bunch up there and more are to come. So that we do support. (laughs) Give it a try. Yes. All right. So no spend challenges. If you are interested in a no spend challenge, we have a ton of resources for you. 
personally, as me, Jen, the author of the No Spend Challenge Guide, I have a slightly biased feel towards No Spend Challenges. You know that I love them, but I don't love them for the original reason that most people love them. So, and we talk about that a lot on the podcast. So we've got episode 190, how to prepare for a no-spend challenge and the secret to sticking to it. And we got episode 127, how a no-spend month can help your finances. Um, And then also my entire book, The No-Spend Challenge Guide, which is on Amazon. And we love no-spend challenges for what they can do, but we hate no-spend challenges when they are done poorly. And it's not the no-spend challenge that we hate. It's the uh, it's the ulterior motives people take into them. Yeah, so. or sometimes the implementation that mm-hmm. gives no-spend challenges a bad rap. Yes, so. And, and honest to goodness, they may not be for everyone. So, so right. it, it is a true question. Should you do a no-spend challenge? It's possible the answer is no, even though mm-hmm. Jen's written a book on it. Absolutely. Yes. I And every episode, hopefully, we can give you the, you know, nothing is gospel here. It's always a a diving into a topic. An to exploration. See that, right? Yeah, it's always it's, it's exploration. It's all experimental over here. Right. So, <laughs> and it's the same with no spend challenges. We will gladly talk about what's worked for us and why it's worked for us, but you're not us. So... This is Whoa. this is a fact that unfortunately I have to come to terms with. So, so our first article comes from I love this rinky rinky do finance, and that's how I'm going to choose to say it. Rinky do finance. And the, the, the the logo is a is an elephant. It's so cute. It's a very cute logo. <laughs> And it's all about the benefits and dangers of the no-spend challenge. I think they take a great measured, tempered approach where they're looking at just the pros and cons. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to highlight all of the different pros and cons of a no-spend challenge. Of course, we're assuming that you understand what a no-spend challenge is, that for a period of pre-selected, predetermined time, you are deciding to not spend typically on specific categories. Of course, you still need to spend on food, water, shelter, transportation, healthcare, utilities, but generally you're deciding other categories and maybe all other categories that you're not going to spend on. But it's it can be relatively loosey-goosey, but that's a quick little overview of what even a no-spend challenge is. We're not going through how to do one. We're going through whether or not you should do one, pros and cons. So Mm -hmm. let's first talk about the benefits of a no-spend challenge. Jen, back to you. Yeah. So the first benefit of a no-spend challenge is that it will help you achieve your goal faster. If you're just looking at numbers, yes, it does that. So this example is a little extreme for me. It says, let's say you plan on taking a vacation in five months. If the no-spend challenge saves you $100 every weekend, you'll be $2,000 closer to your goal. I don't think anyone should stop spending money on the weekends for five months. That has never been my aim. (laughs) But yes, mathematically, if you were to not spend money, $100 every weekend, then yes, you would save $2,000 for whatever goal you have. Yeah. 
that's a reasonable thing to see how can I propel my savings goal for, but I love what I do like that they've highlighted here is that there's a specific goal in mind. It's mm-hmm. not always and forever, and it's not arbitrary. It's I have a certain amount in mind. I know that if I save this amount and can cut in other areas, then I will have X amount of money for mm-hmm. this specified goal, which I do think is aimed at a good reason to do a no-spend challenge. Absolutely. The next benefit is that it does help us to exercise self-control. And so when it comes to spending in ways that we don't want to spend, a lot of times it's tied to impulsivity, making financial decisions, purchases that were not necessarily planned for. And so doing a challenge like this can help us to rein in and exercise that muscle to learn a bit more of what it feels like to say no to ourselves, which isn't always the most comfortable. But when practiced, when we exercise that muscle, it can become easier and easier, especially when we realize the benefits, because it's not just about deprivation. It's about saying no, experiencing self-control for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And that kind of lends to the next one that gets into really the core reasons why I love no spend challenges is that it can help you identify hidden impulsivity issues or like I like to say spending triggers. So when you stop spending money altogether and this is a this comes down to decision fatigue, right? So when we make a lot of decisions in a day, our decisions get progressively worse and worse throughout the day. And that's called decision fatigue. When you take the decision off the table and the decision is always no, then you become a lot, your head becomes a lot clearer and able to identify spending triggers. So things that you wouldn't have even thought of crossed your mind when you're making all kinds of decisions and you're just trying to get through the day become glaringly obvious when you give yourself pause and the space to identify them. So that is really what I love about no spend challenges. And I think you can accomplish that in a short amount of time. I don't think it takes a long time to start to identify those issues. Mm -hmm. If it does, no spend challenge probably isn't for you. It's Mm probably, you're probably already spending in alignment with your values and you are in tune and mindful to all your expenses. And that's fantastic. This isn't for you. But if you are spending money and busting your budget and you're like, I don't know, my budget says I should be able to do this yet. I'm never able to. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to pause without actually pausing your life. And identify some of those things that you can work on to improve the way you stick to your budget. I agree. I do think this is one of the core, most core reasons and pros to do a no-spend challenge Mm -hmm. to really get to the foundation of what's going on for me because it absolutely will highlight when we've already said, I'm going to say no to this, to most of these things, what surfaces. It kind of is that, that crucible, that like shaking ground, the sifting ground to show, okay, here's where the true thing is that I need to 
to tackle because ultimately it's not just the spending behavior. It's what it's tied to. Yeah, because you can save a lot of money doing a no spend month, but that saving ends at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And when you're focusing on identifying uh, those spending triggers, those are savings that carry on for months, years, beyond, and those savings compound more than the $400 you might save on one month of a no-spend challenge. This last benefit that they list is one of my faves in that it can help discover ways to have fun without spending money. And that, I think, also helps us to exercise this kind of creative muscle for us, this problem-solving muscle of, it. again, it's not just about deprivation. It's about creativity and filling in the gaps in other ways, identifying alternatives so that maybe it's not just about this ultimate savings goal, but reorienting some behaviors and habits altogether that we can take with us beyond the no-spend challenge. And this is one of them. When we're talking about exercising muscles of self Self-control, I think that's what this one is too. How can I be creative with the way that I spend my time, my resources? What happens when something is taken away? Really interesting. This is reminding me, I was just chatting with my husband, Eric, and another friend, both of whom are musicians. And they I was more so listening in <laughs> to this conversation. <laughs> But they were commenting on how better their creativity and their creation of music is when they've got limitations. This friend was also describing this in a video production project that they were doing as well. Like they put these certain limitations on themselves that you would think, oh, you're not going to be able to do as well, or you're not going to be able to have the best product if you don't have all of the things. But they were commenting on the phenomenon phenomenon that when they took away all of the expensive equipment or had a time limitation or different, just whatever kind of limitation you want to input here, it helped them be more creative to see, well, what can I do within the confines of this where they almost like those are some of their favorite projects where ah, I didn't have the best of the best equipment or I didn't have all of the mics I would have preferred or I didn't have the camera that I wanted or all the time in the world. And those constraints made me more creative in the process. And I, I think there's some correlation to what we're talking about here, that when we put constraints on ourselves, sometimes that can create space for the play, the creativity, mm -hmm. the discovering new things or skill sets. I, I, I think it's worth implementing for everyone at some point in life, whether it's a no-spend challenge or other types of constraints, to discover more about ourselves. It's a worthwhile exercise exercise. Yes, that is my favorite. That is my second favorite thing about a no spend challenge is that forced creativity. Because when we are so used to solving all our problems by spending money, not only do we wonder where all of our money has gone, but we lose the satisfaction and the like, I, yeah, self-satisfaction that comes with being creative and, and thinking critically and figuring things out, which is not even like great for our self-worth, but it's actually great for our, our brain health function as well. 
I think it also helps us to get started on something that we want to get started on. Oftentimes, our barrier to entry is, I don't have all of the tools and resources in Mm -hmm. order, but this can give freedom of, you don't have to. Just begin. Like one of the things I want to do soon is get back into painting and drawing, but I'm like, oh, I don't have all the paints. But like hearing this conversation of Eric and and this friend, it's like, oh no, I actually love the challenge of start with what you have and see what comes of it. So yeah, it's just getting me excited. You can see where I land on this. You know, Bob Ross only painted with, I think, like 11 colors. Eight eight colors. Here, Whoa, are I'm, you like Googling this right now? Yes. I knew this. I was like, it's got to be like nine or 11. Eight colors because somebody got us, somebody got Kai this like Bob Ross color book and Yay. when he was an infant. And I, and so I know all the cover, colors now because <laughs> they're in the book. But think of Bob Ross and the empire of painting that he did. He used eight colors. Yeah. Eight. And they give it a try. Really weird even names. if you don't have all of the resources. Mm. Yeah. Back to our sponsor. <laughs> right? My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Let's talk about the dangers of the Mm -hmm. no-spend challenge, which we haven't covered a ton of, but whenever I see somebody talk negatively about a no-spend challenge, I just want to clap back, like, (laughs) because I have something to say. 
And, and then I was like, oh my God, I have a podcast. I know exactly where I can say it. So here are the dangers of the no spend challenge. And uh, the first is that they focused too intently on small picture. So it says during the no spend challenge, people tend to focus on eliminating relatively small short-term expenses like coffee, dining out, snacks, streaming. And so to paraphrase Ramit Sethi's famous adage, 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 thank you. Mm -hmm. These are $3 problems. And we 100% agree. We would much rather focus on $3,000 problems and $30,000 problems, which is why we love the uh, long-term focus of a no-spend challenge and focusing it more on how can I spend better long-term? Because that's going to save you $3,000 in a year, whereas focusing it just in the month or week that you're doing it, that that gets you thinking in solving $3 problems. So that is an actual danger of the no-spend challenge. But I think it's a danger in frugality in general, that if you are trying to become frugal and you're trying to listen to the Frugal Friends podcast to find out how I can save money on coffee, dining out, and snacks, we're going to give it to you. We actually have we have a full episode on how to save money on coffee. It's not that we're not going to not like we're not going to give it to you, but that is one episode in 286 because that's a $3 problem. Mm, girl, you are while, clapping back. While we have probably, God, 50 episodes on how to save money on food in general. And we've got 10, maybe 20 episodes how to save money on housing um, and transportation. We've got a lot more episodes on how to how to mindfully spend those are the big decisions. I think it's worth identifying the potential pitfalls because I think it can help us lay a good foundation for entering into a no-spend challenge well. Like this, They're not wrong about identifying this as a pitfall. And it comes back to motivation. What are you doing this for? What is the end goal? If it's just to not buy a latte, then we might be missing the mark. If it's to identify some of our behaviors and root causes and reorient some of our like cycles and patterns, then then great. We're on the right track. And those small things, those $3 things will absolutely bear weight on the $30,000 things. Because if we're not doing well with the smaller things, we're definitely not going to do well with the bigger things. Amen. Yes. The next potential danger is, as they identify, establishing a false sense of security. I have mixed opinions on this. I don't know. Ooh, tell me all your opinions. I, I just don't know how much of a potential pitfall this actually is. So, so what they're saying here is that 
if you're putting in a ton of effort towards not spending on something that can lead people to believe, oh, because I'm putting in a lot of effort, the numbers will work themselves out and it doesn't work that way. And and I would agree, but I'm not sure how many people are actually thinking that way. Like, oh, just because I'm working at not spending, this is, and may, maybe, maybe, Yeah, I think it's a very, it's almost an elitist view of the problem. It's saying like, if you're not doing it, honestly, it's saying like, if you have an income problem and you're just doing a no spend challenge to focus on your expenses, then you're doing it wrong. Because what else is there? Like, yeah, I mean, I I would also say doing something is better than nothing and the lowest barrier to entry thing that you can do to get good with money is to decrease your outgo. Like, yes, you you might have an income problem. And I don't even like to say that it's an income problem. You may, more opportunities will open up to you with more income. You can't deny that. So we always want to be working towards that if it's in alignment with our values. But that takes time. It takes no time to, to decide, like, I'm going to do a no-spend challenge next month and try to get better control of my expenses. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. much easier. I guess this is just like an easy enough pitfall to be aware of and keep a pulse on because they give the example, you know, what if you cut a ton of your discretionary spending for a month and you save $500, but what you actually needed was an additional $1,000 that month. And so, yeah, they're saying you'd be better off focusing on your income. My pushback to this one would be if we're doing a no-spend challenge, chances are you're the person who's looking at the money. You kind of know what you need to be bringing in. Like, mm-hmm. the no-spend challenge isn't typically where people start. Like, this is kind of step two, three, four, five yeah. in the financial journey. So I, I don't know how much of a pitfall this is for the common person, but it is worth being aware that even though a lot of effort may be put into a no-spend challenge, it doesn't mean that it's going to solve our financial issues. And I would agree with that. I just Mm -hmm. don't think that this is the most important pitfall to highlight. I don't think that this is what most people are going to run into. Yeah, no, I would actually, I would absolutely agree rephrasing it like that. And I would, I mean, and I would say the no spend challenge gives you space to be able to think more clearly and creatively about, okay, so maybe I do need an extra $1,000 a month. Maybe I do need to earn more. Well, now I'm not you know, automatically going out to happy hour or going out shopping when I'm bored. I can start to think of ways to increase my income. I can start to think of ways at work that I have saved the company money or brought more in Mm -hmm. that may warrant a promotion Mm -hmm. or a raise for me. So it also gives you that space to think about this. I think this is more a pitfall of a scarcity mindset. Just like our constant Mm. mindset of, I like, I just don't ever do anything with my money. It's not even connected to a no spend challenge. Why? 
am I not doing better with my finances? Like, I think that's more of a mindset thing that requires some of these tools and resources to dig into. Why is that the case? Why do I feel like I'm putting in so much effort and not seeing any results? And what are the big things that need to shift? Yeah. If anything, a no spend challenge could highlight this reality. Yes, Absolutely. When you think, oh yeah, I can, I can definitely do a no spend year, which I hear a lot of, you know, around January, everyone's starting their no spend year. And they realize very quickly, probably by the time that they're listening to this episode, that it's not possible. So there's a good amount of time to think about how to compensate. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, probably not one I would think of, but. Sure. It gave us the chance to talk about it. Uh, The next one is actually a pitfall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is a justifiable, like should be on this list, is binge spending. And it's exactly like when we been like when we diet. It's you're trying to go too hard, too fast, too restrictive. So you fail and then you binge eat and you feel guilty and shame and Next month, you start the cycle all over again. That is a real reality that can happen with no spend challenges is that you try to go too hard, too fast, not prepared, fall off the wagon, and then just compensate by binge spending and then start the whole thing all over again next next month. I could see binge spending happening even on both sides of a no-spend challenge, like being aware that a no-spend challenge is coming up and wanting to give yep. yourself that ability and freedom to, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this for a while, so what do I need and want and what might mm-hmm. hold me over? And then afterwards, oh, I did so well, I got to reward myself, and that's just not going to give any benefit to a no-spend challenge. So here you go. If you know that this might be in your realm of behaviors, if you think that you might fall victim to binge spending, this would probably, in my estimation, be one of the number one reasons that a no-spend challenge might not be for you. If you think that binge spending is going to be too much of a temptation or too much of a reality for you, it's too much of the pendulum swing, this would probably be the number one reason that a no-spend challenge is not going to actually serve you well. Yeah. And if you've found this to be true for you, but you still really want to try one, I would say don't go all discretionary spending. Don't do all your spending, but just pick one expense that you are making a lot that you want to make less of or one location of spending. Think about your spending triggers and just choose one thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's Target. Maybe it's I'm, you know, I'm not going to get food at Chipotle on the way home from the grocery store. Pick one thing and do go with that mm-hmm. instead of all of it. Because I think you'll still find that you have space to contemplate, but you are not um, feeling the pressure and the burden to be perfect. Because especially like with like, I mean, they, they mentioned like eating disorders. And I don't think it's that extreme. Every All of us can be subject to binge spending. But especially if you have something, if you have ADHD and you know that you are 
not capable of doing some things, then don't try to do those things when you are uh, under stress or know that you're not in a season to do that or stay within the boundaries you know, you already know work for you. Okay. Don't try and go against things if you've already kind of figured out something that works for you. Just play within those rules. You can adapt. It's your no spend challenge if you want to do it. But again, it also, for that reason, may not be for you. The next one that's really connected to this is that a no-spend challenge could simply just defer discretionary expenses. I think this is one and the same as almost binge spending, that it's not as if you're not spending and saving money. You're just not spending it right now. You're spending it later on. So, yep, that could be another pitfall of a no-spend challenge is that you're still going to spend the money, just maybe not today. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to do you any good either. But I also don't think it's it's horrible like to create a list of wants and to actually force yourself to have time before you impulse buy them. Well, <laughs> which things... is connected to the next one. There you go, Jen. Yeah, shaming yourself for reasonable wants. Like I feel like you could it's not bad to like make that like add those things to your Amazon cart and just keep them there till the end of your challenge because hopefully half of them you're not going to want anymore. But the other half may have been reasonable wants. They may be in alignment with your values. So it's not, we're not here to shame you, not even for reasonable wants, just your wants, your unique wants. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have to make sense to other people. They can just be things you want and love. And you don't have to justify them to anybody. And on the flip side of that, delaying gratification is a helpful thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't have to do it always and forever all the time with everything. But deferring isn't a bad thing in and of itself. At least there are days where you're not spending. You're not going to get those days back and like always backtrack on each of those days and spend the money you thought you were going to spend. And it can help to build those habits of putting something in the cart and letting it sit there. Just it might be simply deferring it to another day and the money gets spent. But it could also be that you've given yourself time to think and sit on it, and that's helped to bring more clarity on whether or not you actually want that thing. So I think there's two sides to that deferment coin, and it's not all a danger or a pitfall. Yeah. Well, that leads us, since we're already down this rabbit trail of potential pitfalls, let's just dive right in now to the deep end. We are ready with an article that's just going to point out. I have my hands ready to clap back. Why a no-spend challenge just doesn't work. They're not even talking about the pros of it. They are only talking about the cons. They want it. to convince you not to do one. And and we're going to talk about it. And apparently Jen's going to clap back. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Uh, and I so I think it's really healthy to look at the reasons why a lot of people do no-spend challenges. And they are val- it's valid reasons why they won't work if these are your motives. Or if you say, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to look at my spending triggers and think long-term. But really, because if you've ever been on a diet, you've probably experienced, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get healthy. This is going to be good for me long-term. But really, I just want to be skinny for bikini season. See, it always comes to backfire 
for you. And it is the same with no spend challenges. We got to do them for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the wrong reasons in this article. So that's what we're here for. Yeah. So they really only have two arguments against no spend challenges, but these are common arguments. So it is worth looking at so that we know all of the different sides and angles of this thing. Yes. So the first one is that it's not sustainable. And that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that is so true. I see people doing year-long, two-year-long no-spend challenges. And that makes a great story. If you're trying to write a book or an article or get some media attention, you will definitely be able to do that by not spending money for two years. That is something that you can do. But there is a law of diminishing returns with no-spend challenges where it transitions from helpful to almost like holds you back to an extent. Mm-hmm. So, it, and this is in the case like you learn what you can about yourself and your spending, and then you have to implement it. Then you have to go out and go back to spending and possibly mess up, possibly make a mistake. And mistakes will happen. And we have to be strong enough and resilient enough to take those into consideration, learn from them, and mm-hmm. implement what we've learned. Yeah. And and so if you're doing a no spend challenge that's lasting a whole year, you can very much put that off and just live in the comfort of saying no. And that's more hurtful than helpful. I feel like we're practicing for debate club. Like we're on a debate team and we're like, what does the other side say about this? And what do I we love debating say? people that aren't available to, to <laughs> exactly. clap back at me? I they love, don't that's have my favorite way to debate to give a closing argument, yeah. but they do have their article and we are responding to their article. <laughs> One of the things too that that I would add to this about no spend challenges, they're referencing as far as the not being sustainable piece, fasting and how not sustainable fasting is and that it would be better to have a lifestyle change and rather than kind of deprive yourself and then binge. My pushback on this is certainly none of these things that are extreme in nature are meant to be for the long term, but that doesn't mean that there's never a time and place for it. People have to fast before surgery. Yeah, it's not sustainable. You're not going to do that all of the time, but it's necessary to then get the help that your body needs in the following day. People fast for religious reasons. It's not sustainable, but it can be a really amazing spiritual practice that benefits some people. So they're like... And I am not a fan of extremism either. It's why we've, you know, termed our financial approach the radical middle because we often go to the different extremes. But that doesn't mean that the extremes don't have something to teach us or that we should never, ever visit the extremes. Sometimes experiencing something in full force helps us to find the radical middle. I think we often don't know the radical middle until we have an understanding of, 
what's this side of the pendulum? What's this side of the uh, the other side of it? What's the spectrum of it? And where is my radical middle? I would say the point of a no-spend challenge is to identify what is sustainable for you. It's that same concept of fasting for a surgery, right? It's it's not going to happen all the time. But if we're identifying, oh, there's a problem with my spending, but I don't totally know what it is, sometimes we need to really rein it in and pull it back. Or if we want to talk about, you know, when we're sick and we just stay at home, that is not the goal for the rest of life to only ever stay at home, but it's necessary because there's an issue in our body. Okay, so if there's an issue in our finances, what might be a necessary approach that I'm not going to implement forever and always, but really reins it in, pulls it back, and gives space for greater understanding, clarity, diagnosis, and next steps. Mm. I have snaps for you. Thank you. I'm (laughs) snapping for you. The final argument that they make for why a no-spend challenge doesn't work is that it doesn't bring about meaningful change. I think we've said enough on this topic in the reality that it depends on what your approach is going to be. Yeah, certainly. If you're just doing it for a week or a month and then you go right back to your behaviors and you entered into it mindlessly and you didn't have a real goal in mind, it's not going to produce meaningful change. But if you approach a no-spend challenge with a goal of maybe just identifying what prompts me to spend, what barriers am I going to run into if I try and tell myself no, what happens when I try and practice creativity or find free activities, then great. Like It it really depends on what your motivation is going into it. We And again, if if you're just identifying that this isn't for me, I can't can identify my patterns and make shifts in my lifestyle without this, then that's great. Go for it. But we're definitely going to have some pushback on saying this is never going to bring any benefit. It absolutely can bring benefit. And the goal is not to remain in this place always and forever. It serves a specific purpose for a specific time. Mm. Yes. I mean, that's it. <laughs> you know, what else serves a specific purpose for a specific time? It's, I mean, it's specific, but like almost every time. <laughs> the, the Bill of the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jill. This is Katie. I am a fellow money nerd (laughs) who loves learning more and more about money. And I got into your podcast last year when I adopted a senior dog and wanted to make good use of my time out and about. So it's only fitting that my bill of the week is for vet treatment for my little old lady dog. It's related to her being attacked by the neighbor's dog six weeks ago. First off, she wasn't too badly hurt and is totally fine now. Second, the visit to the doggy ER and two follow-ups came to 1320 bucks. And my pet insurance carrier did not hesitate to pay out the 80% she is covered for. 
And third, about 10 days before getting notice of the payout, the attacking dog's owner gave me $200 toward the bill, knowing it was going to be at least that much. He knew I had insurance. It's so rare that things go the way they should when it comes to a bill you're not really responsible for. And I just wanted to share my appreciation for both the good neighbor and the good pet insurance for doing the right thing. Thanks, guys. Mm. Katie! Oh my gosh, another one for pet insurance. I would have to say of the bills of the week we've received, more pet insurance thankfulness than any other bill. I also appreciate how you are choosing to highlight a financial situation going well. I think you're so right. Oftentimes, bills we are not technically responsible for, we still sometimes find ourselves responsible for, but Mm -hmm. you make some really great proactive decisions, namely the pet insurance, to not be in a really tough, difficult financial position right now with your pup. And I'm so grateful with you. And yeah, gratitude for the neighbor for taking ownership of his pet's choices. Glad to hear your your dog is better and fully recovered and that this bill did not become an overwhelming, insurmountable bill. So Mm. much to celebrate with you, Katie. If you all listening happen to have some great pet insurance that follows through and pays your bills or neighbors who pay some bills, or if you are a person named Bill, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com <laughs> slash Bill. <laughs> Leave us your bill. We're ready for it. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. Nerd Wallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards, a free flight, a room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. And now it's time for... Wow, okay. Dope. Anyways, today's lightning round question. 
from our sweet manager, Goldie. Oh, Goldie, you're the best. Love her. Love you. She does listen to every episode because <laughs> it's her job. <laughs> what do your no spend week slash month generally look like? Mm, and I'm just, I'm so glad that she asked this question because I get to say I haven't done a no spend week or month since the last month we were paying off debt. So that is, I think, July of 2017. So they don't look like anything. And that's because we slow down on like, we don't have like, well, we raised our income enough to where we could say we can afford our short-term financial goals without having to do a no-spend challenge. And because we're just like in tuned with our values and wants and we communicate. Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. a no-spend challenge for me, co-host of The Frugal Friends, author of the No-Spend Challenge Guide, no-spend challenges aren't for me right now. Whoa. This is the hottest take, Tony, I have (laughs) ever been a part of. I'm just Mm. so glad to share that. Like, well, I think it still is a support of the no spend challenges because it highlights the fact that it's a tool, a Mm -hmm. tool that can be picked up and put down given the level of skill or job that is currently being required. The tool does work and can point to some solutions when necessary, but there are times that we don't need that tool anymore. Mm-hmm. Golly, I can't wait till my renovation's over and I don't need some of those tools anymore. The goal is always to not need the tool anymore. <laughs> That's the goal with any tool is to use it so that you no longer need it. And so when that you, you did no the longer job need with the tool. It, yeah. yeah, so when you no longer need it, you don't hold on to it. You find a different tool because you have a new project. Or you share your tool with your neighbors. Oh, I love this illustration metaphor that's happening. Um, For me, I can't say that I've ever needed to fully engage in a no-spend challenge. That doesn't mean that I don't do it in my own way, which we are also advocating for. Figure out what works for you. I I am not much of a spender, so really reining that in and identifying my reasons for spending has never been much of a specific issue for me. That said, I will use the tool of a no-spend concept to help me towards a certain goal in specific areas. So I typically pick up the tool of a no-spend challenge to focus in on food, honestly. Uh, And that will have to do with identifying a specific amount of money that I want to spend so that I can put it towards right now renovations. So recently, it's been a lot of challenging myself to cook at home for like a week to two weeks at a time, giving space for eating out, but challenging myself to a specific budget and meal plan. It has gotten me so good at cooking at home, repurposing food, reducing food waste. I'm so grateful for the way that the way that I've set up the challenge to hone in a skill set for me. It has challenged me in helpful ways. It has helped me free up some cash to put towards the renovation. Um, But it's not a deprivation of everything for me. And it does include 
factoring in money for going out and enjoying a nice meal, not binging, not, you know, completely deferring just to spend all of the money all over again. It's a part of the plan. And I think that's that's another thing we need to recognize with the no spend challenges. What is your plan to celebrate the accomplishment of it? Factor that money in when you're planning mm-hmm. for the no spend challenge. Absolutely. Well, I hope that this has been a helpful episode for you if you are interested in doing a no spend challenge that you really get the mindset behind what we say when we talk about a no spend challenge. Uh, So thank you for listening. And if you did enjoy the episode, if it was helpful, if it did help you make a breakthrough in something, please uh, leave us a review on, on Apple or Spotify. We love reading your kind reviews, especially this one from Ren, 17493016, says, I stumbled on this podcast a few weeks ago, due in part to my love for budgeting podcasts. And man, I wish I found it sooner. I'm binge listening. Is that a thing? Yes, it is, Ren. To these episodes like crazy, and I can't say enough good things. To add to the fun, I'm right down the road outside of Tampa. What are the odds it's meant to be? Thanks for a great podcast, gals. Mmm, Ren, 1749-3016. Thank you. What a kind (laughs) review that you've sent to us. And this is when binging is great. Yeah, We don't want to binge spend or binge eat, but binge listen. What could go wrong? Binge listen to frugal friends. Oh, my gosh. It's the best binge. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And again, if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. It helps potential new listeners know what our show is all about. We're not about clipping coupons or cucumbers to spend as little as possible, but we really want to spend well. And we want people to know what they're getting into when they get to the podcast. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Okay, Jen. Jill. (laughs) What's for lunch? (laughs) All right. Um, I'm actually going to go out to eat with a friend. But it's, it's, yes, he invited me, so I don't think I have to pay. It's not a date. (laughs) It sounded a little weird. It's a business colleague. Colleague, peer. You're pretty sure he's paying? pretty sure wow is that if how not, it goes I will pay. In it'll be a business write-off if okay. i do have to pay yeah um yeah jill in adulthood when a man asks you to lunch he pays oh, gosh i gotta get more <laughs> men asking me to lunch no i think he's gonna ask me a favor like a business favor Mm. Not a weird favor. <laughs> God, this is sounds sounding real. I wish you hadn't asked me this. <laughs> I mean, it's, the problem isn't the question. The problem is the way you're answering it. I am going to have lunch with a business colleague who has already stated that he has like some kind of business proposition for me. But not in a way that's like, I want you to invest in my crypto exchange. (laughs) Like something I would feasibly do, I'm sure, um, Mm. coming from this person. So 
going to be waiting with bated breath <laughs> to find out what this proposition is. Oh, wow. What am I getting myself into? Whether or not you get a free lunch. There's no such thing as free lunches, Jen. You're you right. And that's, this. I know. That's why it's the business thing is there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh well, um, keep your phone on you. Text <laughs> okay. me if you need help. I'll be near your house. And out. So it, I could yeah, be the be friend whose kitchen is on fire that Perfect. you'd have to leave right that minute because uh, apparently I don't have the number to the fire department Deal. to get them to come and help me. Perfect. And yes, then maybe I've I'll chosen see you a location after that. by your house. Yes. <laughs> so that I can um, call on you if needed. Sounds good. I'll keep my okay. phone on. Bye. All right. Bye. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.